Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But truth be told, we do face a number of challenges when it comes to planning for retirement and life in our golden years, and that's where today's guest comes in, Dr. Sarah Zeff. Geber is an author, certified retirement coach, and a professional speaker on retirement and aging. Her book, Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers, was selected as a best book on aging well by the Wall Street Journal, and Sarah's also received the distinction of being named as one of the 2018 Influencers in Aging by the PBS website Next Avenue. But Sarah's joining us today to share some of her top tips for navigating later life as a solo ager. This is such an important topic for so many of us. I can't wait to find out more. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Eileen. Happy to be here. Well, I would like to start out by saying I have read your book. It is a true gold mine. There are strategies, practical tips, and ideas, and also things for you know the the more esoteric side of life, values, clarifications, and things that are really important to all aspects of our lives as we age. So, congratulations! I'm sure the book deserved all the distinctions it got. <laughs> uh, and I want to also mention that the subtitle of the book is a retirement and aging roadmap for single and child adults. So let's begin with the basics. How do you define solo aging? Well, I define solo aging as anyone who either does not have children, even, even if you're married, if you don't have children, you don't have that safety net. But it also encompasses people who are aging alone for any reason. Um, they may be divorced. They may never have married. Um, they may have kids that live very far away or even kids that are estranged. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, um, it's a big category, and it encompasses a lot of people today. Abs- oh, boy, absolutely. Well, I'm thinking, you know, my children live on the East Coast. I live on the West Coast. And, yeah, there's a, there's a number of us out there who, who really can benefit from something like this. And, you know, because solo aging is, as you say, it impacts a lot of us. So how do we as solo agers, I mean, I know this is a broad question at the beginning, but there are real ways that we have to plan a little differently for later life than other people say, uh, other boomers. Yes. Um, I I think that planning is key, and planning encompasses a number of areas. Uh, The first is making a decision about where you want to retire and where you want to grow older. It may be right where you are now, um, but I encourage you to think about what kind of environment you want to live in and what kind of community you want to have as you grow older, because I've... um, I have an unpopular expression, and that is aging in place is not a great idea for solo agers. That doesn't mean that you need to to uh, move into a senior housing community as soon as you hit 75, but it may mean that you investigate some things like um, co-housing, um, living in a uh, in a home with um, with several people, either people of your own age or people who are younger. Um, and uh, there are a lot of very interesting variations on that. So I encourage people to think a lot about that 
in addition to thinking about the usual retirement issues, like do I have enough money to last me the rest of my life at my rate of spending? Um, do I have my uh, estate plan done? Do I have an advanced directive? Do I have a will? Do I have powers of attorney assigned to people who I care about and who care about me? So all of those things are, are kind of the, the pillars of planning for solo agers, for anyone really, but I think solo agers need to plan a, a bit more robustly. That is such helpful advice right up there at the top of the show because um, I'm thinking you know, I, I actually had done another interview with somebody uh, and they suggested, and this is so true, move before you have to. I mean, the aging in place is a wonderful idea, but if your home is too much for you or there's certain things like, you know, a lot of stairs or, you know, the the bathing area isn't all that safe, move before you have to because if you fall or you have an accident or you get real sick, then you don't have the luxury of selecting the best places for you. So I am so with you. And so, like you say, advanced planning and maybe, you know, maybe being really proactive about all of this is super important. Uh, but I yes. did want to kind of drill down a little bit more with you because I've read a number of books on retirement and all that, but your specializes, I mean, the, the information in your book really is broad and people can, you know, anybody can use it, but you really focus in on the solo agers. So what kind of broad your your attention to this particular group of people? Well, I'm a solo ager. Uh, I am married, but my husband and I do not have children. And at one point in my life, about, oh, I don't know, 12 or 15 years ago, I looked around me and a lot of my friends and colleagues and neighbors were spending a tremendous amount of time taking care of their aging parents. Now, my husband and I just didn't have that responsibility um, now it just it's serendipitous. I mean, my parents had actually died when um, when I was uh, in my thirties, and my husband uh, likewise. So uh, we didn't have those issues. But I looked around, and so many people in their in their fifties uh, and early sixties were starting to have those responsibilities for their parents. And mm-hmm. I said to one friend, "Who's going to do that for us?" And the answer was wow. clearly nobody. So uh, that was what kind of caught me up short and realized there was a huge need out there, which I began to investigate a little more deeply. You sure did. (laughs) And thank you for that because (laughs) even, you know, like you say, solo wages doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have children because uh, I don't think, you know, again, living 3,000 miles away from my daughters, uh, I'm not necessarily wanting to move in with them. And I don't think that, you know, I don't know how they feel about that, but we'll just kind of let that go for now. But a lot of us are going to find ourselves in that that you know, that situation. So uh, what would you say are some of the most important distinctions or challenges that solo agers have that, that other, you know, that other people might not say, like you have uh, two or three children that live, adult children that live close to you? Mm-hmm. Well, to me, I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many times people have said to me <clears throat> things like, Either, oh, I don't want to depend on my children anyway. Um, I may not be a solo ager, but I don't want to depend on my kids. Or, um, oh, my kids will never come through for me. Well, as it turns out, most people's kids do come through for them. Um, And it it is, I look at it as kind of a safety net. That if you 
fail to do really robust planning or something happens earlier in life than you expect it to, a medical emergency of some sort or uh, even some other kind of accident, um, you're, if you have kids, they are usually there to kind of pick up the pieces and help you get your life back in order. But if you don't have kids, you may not have anyone to do that. Now, the nieces and nephews can sometimes fill that void. And uh, I, I know a number of people, friends and clients, who do have nieces and nephews that they're close to, and they've talked to them about it, and they, they live close by, and they absolutely, just like their own children, would rush in and be of whatever help is needed. Mm. Uh, but a lot of people don't have that. So thinking about who is going to provide some sort of safety net for you and having those discussions ahead of time is so important. Absolutely, I, I and you meant you know we've talked a little bit about living and you know moving before you need to do you know to meet mm-hmm. to go, to go on in an emergency basis or something. But uh, are there some special kinds of maybe living arrangements that you would recommend again in that planning process that people who consider themselves solo agers should should look at? Well, I'm a big fan of of almost any kind of community whether it's your classic retirement community that you might decide to, um, to move into somewhere in your late 70s or early 80s, uh, or even sooner, depending on your finances, um, active adult communities, even 55-plus even uh, communities of some sort provide a, a large uh, level of, of community. They, they may not have aid for you if you need it, but at least you have um, people in close proximity living in uh, um, mostly houses that don't have a huge amount of land or even mobile home parks for people over 55 are are excellent. Uh, Mobile home parks in general, even if they're multi-generational, I've become a big fan of of housing in that of that sort because they're small and people do build community in them because they see one another all the time. They don't have garages and they don't have these big private homes and on a cul-de-sac where nobody ever sees their neighbor um, unless they really make a point of it. In a mobile home park, you're close together. and You have to go to the same place to um, get your mail, um, retrieve your car, uh, do your laundry. So you, you, just by by uh, virtue of how it's constructed, you build community in a in an or, in a situation like that. Um, I'm a big fan of co-housing. Um, I'm also a big fan of of, um, of home sharing and anything that brings people together. I I I think that community is that all important kind of umbrella that we all need to think about as we get older. Oh, Sarah, that is so right on because I think all of us uh, in the days of shelter in place are feeling a sense of isolation, a sense of kind of being, you know, on our own or loneliness, especially if you're a solo ager. So, like, your thoughts about getting into a community where people are, you know, checking in on each other. Um, I kind of like to think of those communities as almost like when you go to college where, you know, every you're, you're, you've got a vast array of new people to meet and people are open 
open to making new friendships. Whereas if you, you know, if you stay and or if you, you know, if you live in a in a place like you say, like a cul-de-sac where people are, you know, in their own homes and and behind their own garages or you know whatever, you don't get that interaction. Yes, you you just don't. Um, today today's suburbs are kind of the antithesis of um, <clears throat> of community building. Um, there are exceptions to that, obviously, but uh, for the most part, I, I have known so many people that have lived 20 years on some suburban street somewhere and don't even know the people that live on either side of them. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> life, is, life has been kind of solo, i got to say, for a lot of us. But now yeah. uh, I also wanted to, you mentioned, you know, kind of getting your affairs in order, and I think that's such an important aspect of, of getting to be, um, well, I will say my age. Uh, but uh, also as a solo ager, uh, you have to think a little differently because, like, um, uh, medical decisions need to be made by someone, maybe, power of attorney who do you do so do you have any thoughts on that about how how we might plan ahead for those kinds of things well sure there are a lot of different ways that that solo agers can plan and i would start by kind of looking around and taking a um uh doing an analysis of who is in your um your close circle now, it doesn't make a lot of sense to choose a friend of about your own age to have your power of attorney and, um, and your advance, be on your advance directive because you really don't know which one of you is going to uh, need that first. You don't know who's going to um, need special housing, who's going to predecease the other. You just don't know. So it's, it's safer to choose a younger person. Now, maybe you have a niece or a nephew that would fit that bill, someone you're close to, someone that doesn't live too far away. But I very much encourage everyone to start having those conversations. Have the conversations with your extended family. Have the conversations with your friends. And figure out among you um, what is the best way to approach these things. And you all may come out with different personal answers, but you can be of uh, a great sounding board for one another when you talk about these things. Um, families are sometimes a little reluctant to talk about death and um, disablement, but, you know, the fact is that as we get older, we run more and more of a chance of having some kind of condition that needs constant monitoring, that needs medication. We may need aid of some sort for one of what they call the activities of daily living. These things just happen. And yes, we all know the the 100 plus year olds who are still managing to live on their own, but please remember they are the exception, not the rule. Most people, by the time they're in their mid to late 80s, need some kind of assistance um, to lead a full productive life. It may be part-time assistance. It may be full-time. We just don't have a crystal ball, and we don't know what kind of later life any of us are going to have. And some of us won't even live to have that later life. But that is life. I mean, that is the reality. So, Keeping your head in the sand and, and refusing to look at the future, to me, is just 
just such a mistake. Well, Sarah, I have to say, boy, this has been so enlightening for me, and I've read your book, which is also quite enlightening. I know you have a website. I know you do other things. You're a speaker. You're a consultant. You're obviously a specialist on retirement and aging well in general, especially with a focus on the solo agers. But uh, please tell our listeners uh, where they can go to find out more about you, your work, your speaking, your workshop opportunities when we get to have those once again. And, of course, get a copy of Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers. Sure. Yeah, the book, of course, can be most easily purchased today from Amazon. And, you know, Amazon tends to have the best price. Uh, When I do my talks and I always have books available for people, I generally sell them for $15. But Amazon often has them for as little as 13 something And they have this algorithm that nobody can quite figure out, so the price changes all the time. (laughs) But it's pretty reasonable. Um, And you can find me. Um, at my website, which is sarahzefgeber.com, or you can reach that same website through lifeencore.com. Lifeencore is my company, my business. So either way, we'll take you to my website, and you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, which is also a great place to take a look at some of the other things I've been involved in. I'm not doing one-on-one coaching Uh, at the moment and probably never will again. I'd like to focus my time on reaching a larger audience, which means doing interviews like this, podcasts, and hopefully someday again, live talks. (laughs) So, um, So that's a good way to find me too. Well, and I think anybody who listens to this is going to have a sense of what you can provide, uh, again, in that larger framework once we get to experience that framework. But uh, this has been so helpful to me. I know it's been helpful to everybody. Please, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share before we have to leave? Um, I guess just take your head out of the sand. If you haven't done this planning for later life, it's important to do. And, you know, once you've done it, uh, it's not that you shouldn't ever look at it again. I think everything needs to be re-looked at about every five years. But, you know, get it out of the way and then forget it and live your life. Um, I don't spend my life dwelling on what's going to happen in the future, but I certainly have my plans laid out when it does happen and people who know what to do for me and with me um, when that time comes. So it's kind of, it gives me a peace of mind and that's what I encourage everybody to do. Really start thinking about these things and talking about them. Well, on that very valuable piece of information, we will close now. But I just want to thank you again, Sarah. This information has been valuable, uh, and, of course, sharing your expertise and your insights, because this topic is awfully important to all of us. Well, thank you, Eileen. I've enjoyed being on the show. Well, and I urge all of you listeners out there, be sure to check out Sarah's website. Once again, it's Sarah, and it's S-A-R-A-Z-E-F-F, Z-E-F-F, Geber, G-E-B-E-R.com, Sarah'sFGeber.com, and her book, Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers. Even if you've got adult children yourself, you're going to gain a valuable roadmap, a lot of interesting information that's going to help you ensure your well-being and uh, life satisfaction throughout your later years, and that and that peace of mind that Sarah just mentioned. So while you're at it, don't forget to go out there and show the world just how feisty a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.